Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, today is Wednesday, February 14, 2024. Today we're reading from the big book, and we're currently on page three in, um, in Bill's story. And we're reading the second paragraph, which begins, my drinking assumes more serious proportions. It ends with kept me out of those scrapes, just the, the one paragraph. So today's readers, we have uh, Sherry S. on the 12 steps, Kimberly G. on the 12 traditions. The readers of the text are Vanessa G., <clears throat> Maura Z., and Nancy P. We have uh, newcomer greeter Leah S., and the host for the second hour, we got Pete B. jumping in there. Let me give you the share ID for, for yesterday, Tuesday, February 13th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. That number is 21,000. 127 21127. The 10 a.m. meeting 21,128. That's 21128. The OA preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. <clears throat> there are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, <clears throat> excuse me, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's <clears throat> fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, uh, da, 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 da. what do we do here? Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So now I'm going to ask uh, Sherry S. to uh, <clears throat> please read the 12 steps. Sherry, take it away. Good morning, everyone. This is Sherry S. I'm from Deerfield Beach, Florida. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to be of service this morning. 
Thank you, Sherry. Appreciate that. And with the 12 traditions, we have Kimberly G. Kimberly, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm Kimberly G. from Montana, and I'm a recovering uh, overeater. Um, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on our OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They, are, they do not govern. Number three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire, desire to stop eating compulsively. Number four, each group should be autonomous except in matters, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Number five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Number six, the OA group ought not, ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Number seven, every OA group ought to, fully, ought to be at fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Number eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Number nine, OA as such ought never be organized, um, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Number 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Number 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of, the, of communication. And number 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to replace principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Thanks, Kimberly. Appreciate that. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I'll give you a heads up there. Uh, singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. For readers, it's six months, and there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read, and we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, you press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then mute yourself again by pressing star one. In order, have, in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we're, we're back in the, in the big book, of course, in Bill's story. We are on page three, the second paragraph. It begins, my drinking assumed more serious proportions. It ends with, kept me out of those scrapes. And Vanessa's going to get us started and commenting on just one paragraph. So, Vanessa G., will you uh, get us started? Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. This is Vanessa G. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in New Mexico. My drinking assumed more serious proportions, continuing all day, 
and almost every night. The remonstrances of my friends terminated in a row, and I became a lone wolf. There were many unhappy scenes in our sumptuous apartment. There had been no real infidelity, or loyalty to my wife, helped at times by scrapes. So, um, this seems to be the point in Bill's life when he finally um, sees that he is um, experiencing some real consequences from his drinking. Um, as a compulsive overeater, I um, I think I experienced them much younger, even when I was a child. I could see the consequences, in, particularly in my relationships um, with other people. Um, I was always a pretty social child, you know, starting clubs and that type of thing. But um, as my weight got heavier, you know, I mean, as my weight became more um, and I, be, you know, reached preteen and, and teen years, I became very isolated and um, and became much more lonely. Um, I just really couldn't uh, find myself relating to other people on terms that uh, made any sense to me. And um, when I got to my late 20s, I did get a reprieve from this disease physically um, for a good number of years. And my life opened up and um, I was able to, you know, go hiking, um, able to take up skiing, both cross country and downhill. Um, I was able to take up golf. I was able to get more social because I became more physically capable of becoming more social. But this disease stole all of that from me. Um, One of the things that I loved to do more than anything was whitewater rafting. Um, I just found myself slowly but surely sinking back into, to quote, you know, to take one of Bill's words, the morass of um, obesity. And um, I just watched my life shrink. There were so many things that I couldn't do as I put on the weight and as I piled on the pounds. And um, and most of all, um, what suffered were my relationships with others. I can't tell you how grateful I am to have a fellowship today um, that is so deep and um, rewarding and um, so connected. Um, I know that it's as a result of my connection with a higher power that I'm able to connect with you all. But um, it's a completely different life. Because my relationships are completely different, um, both with myself, with you, and especially with my higher power. Um, My life's opening up again, and um, it's pretty darn cool. Thank you guys for helping me get there, and I'll pass. Uh, Thanks so much, Vanessa, for getting us started. So we're going to transition to uh, shares now, um, and we're on page three. The second paragraph, our drinking assumed more serious proportions. Mm-hmm. So although we, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others may uh, jump in as well. If you shared Monday or Tuesday, we, we just ask that if you'd be kind enough to step back. So who would like to share this morning? Alex in New Mexico. Alex, Alex I heard D. You. from St. Louis, Missouri. Alex. Harlan. Someone in New Mexico. CC. CC. <laughs> Thanks, CC. CC, Alex, 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 Alex,
long Did as you get Kelly in Florida. Loretta Blanca, H. Kelly, Loretta. Nancy Nancy. Let me give you the let me give you the, the lowdown on who I caught so far, okay? I I, try, I used the witch hazel this morning to clean up my ears. It didn't work so well. I got CC, Alec, Carlin, Blanca, Kelly, Loretta, Nancy. It's a good start. Did I miss one person there? Nadia E. Nadia. Let's let's hold off there. We'll get we'll get a second round here. I apologize if I if the witch hazel didn't work this morning. Okay, so we got we'll start with CC, Alec, Harlan, Blanca, Kelly, Loretta, Nancy, Nadia. CC, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. It's CCE recovered in New Mexico. Well, my overeating assumed more serious portions, continuing all day and all night. Like Fitz Mayo, I went into the dark barn of eating in isolation and became a lone wolf. I had eaten myself up to 357 pounds. Two years ago on Valentine's Day 2022, I asked God to help me stop overeating. I knew that God could and would if he were thought. I came into Vision and Scottsdale, got a sponsor, and worked the steps quickly through the big book, and I began to sponsor. Today I know that there is no graduation day, no day that I have arrived, because life gets lifey, and there is always more work to be done with God's help. And with that, I pass. Uh, thanks, Cece. Okay, next up we have Alec, followed by Harlan. Alec, good morning. Good morning, Larry. It's good to hear you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. This is Alec B. from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm a uh, recovered for today compulsive overeater and restrictor. Yeah, this this passage really uh, strikes me because I identify with it. I identify with the progressive nature of this disease that overeating and then responding to that by restricting and then that leading me into binging, that it was progressive, that it got worse over time. And that even when I put, you know, these other methods, got books or podcasts or plans um, to fix it, it, it didn't work because it was still me trying to run the show. And it wasn't until this program, till surrendering this to God and to working the steps that I was able to find freedom and recovery and, and healing. And I look back now and I see how, yeah, right, the lone wolf, absolutely, that this disease, in whatever manifestation, it led me to isolation. It led me to separate myself from God, from others, from even myself, and from authenticity. And the solution was about separating me, connecting me back with others and with God by going to meetings at the beginning, by talking to a sponsor, by praying more deeply, more honestly, more authentically, and being able to see that, yeah, I'm like everybody else here, that all of us need these steps, that we need a relationship with God, that we need to be honest, and that we need to surrender and let ourselves be healed and be loved. You know, I think um, in my spiritual tradition today is also a day of, of fasting, which in my manifestation of the disease is not a good thing for me. That That's not healthy for me. 
And so I receive advice and guidance, support from those of my tradition and say, you know what, today, what God wants for me is to be healthy and full and free. And so I'm going to adapt that tradition to my needs and be able to maintain fully in this program and fully in my spiritual tradition. And to have that freedom to know that God's greatest desire for me is my own flourishing, my own freedom, my own life. That is a good thing. I remember years ago when, as part of this tradition, I tried to give up sweets and other things, and I couldn't do it. (laughs) I was unable to do it. And that was a big red flag for me, realizing, oh, wait, I think I have a deeper attachment than I realized. Uh, And that was way before OA. And then I was brought to this program. I worked the steps in various attempts, various sponsors, but eventually was able to surrender and give myself to it and then be freed and now able to help others. And so I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful for this program. And uh, I hope everyone stays and has a great and blessed and free uh, uh, season. And with that, I pass. Alec B. from Missouri. Thanks, Alec. Okay, we have Harlan followed by Blanca. Harlan, it's a very special day. Yes, it is a very Pitchers special day. Pitchers and catchers report. Yes. Pitchers and catchers, right? <laughs> All right, I'm Harlan. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, where they're reporting too. This paragraph is the beginning of the descent into the alcoholic madness, the nadir of Bill's alcoholism. In the previous paragraph is the top of the top of the rock. He's living on Park Avenue. He still is in this paragraph too. He's living on Park Avenue. He's made a tremendous amount of money as a New York City stock speculator. And if we look at this paragraph and we put it to the litmus test of what this story is about, this story is to ask myself, do I think the way Bill thinks? Do I eat the way Bill drinks? On page two, it says, though my drinking was not yet continuous, and the first sentence of this paragraph is, my drinking assumed more serious proportions, continuing all day and almost every night. And on page four, which we haven't gotten to yet, at the very top of the page, the very first words are, "He every day and every night. Do I relate to that? You bet I do. Now, what's happening here? The people that have depended upon him for advice in the stock market are coming to him. But his drinking is getting much, 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 much worse. And so the remonstrances, what are remonstrances? They're protestations. They terminate in but it's row. A row is a fight, a quarrel. And they're getting on him and saying, Bill, I came here to talk business with you, and the last three times I've tried to talk to you, you are drunk. What the heck is going on? And he became a lone wolf. Well, when faced with the choice between people and everything I've ever wanted, romance, love, friends, activities, if you give me the choice between that and pizza or that and Almond Joy bars, I'm going to choose pizza and Almond Joy bars every single time. Do I think like Bill thinks? Yes. Do I eat like Bill drinks? Yes. There were many unhappy scenes in our sumptuous apartment. There had been no real infidelity for loyalty to my wife, helped at times by extreme drunkenness, kept me out of those scrapes. He's getting in trouble with Lois because he's, his activities with women, his activities with people are getting more and more alcoholic. 
And so I didn't have activities with women. I did, I've never done that. I've never cheated on anybody, anything like that. But what he has is he's getting into trouble, and it's not even going to slow him down. My life was spinning out of control. My life was in a shambles, and it did not even slow me down. So people are starting to notice that they cannot depend upon him. Do I relate to that? Yes. Did he continue drinking? Yes. Did his drinking get worse? Yes. Did my eating follow the same path? Absolutely yes. Do I think like Bill thinks? Yes. Do I eat like Bill drinks? Yes. Do I relate? Yes. So we see in this paragraph, this is the beginning of the end, and it isn't going to be until page 9 that Bill is going to start to come up from the nadir of his alcoholism. And with that, Larry, thanks for your service this morning. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks, Arlen. Okay, next up we have Blanca followed by Kelly. Blanca, good morning. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? You can be heard. You bet. Yes, thank you. Hello, <laughs> brothers and sisters in, in program. Uh, thank you, moderator, for your for your service. Uh, oh my goodness. You know, this is very hard to listen to this as it was uh, being read because um, it just it was heartbreaking to me as I <clears throat> saw myself just, I can only, you know, compare it to falling off a mountain, falling and falling and falling as, you know, my life just, uh, just unraveled and became so out of control. And when I think of different things, times in my life where it was absolutely chaotic, um, you know. But but the thing that hurts the most is is uh, someone mentioned what it what this disease robbed me. This came like a thief in the night, you know. It came like a thief in the night, and it took little by little. And that's that's the torture of it. That little by little, and at most of the times, I I wasn't aware that my soul was being, you know stolen from me by addiction. I just couldn't understand why things weren't working out. And um, it, it t- first it starts out by taking the things away that I, that one loves, you know, I, so many things I love to do um, and uh, could no longer do them, activities, sports, things of that nature. And I remember an incident when I wanted to play with tennis my son he's grown man now but he was about 13 and I wanted to play tennis so bad with him and I just couldn't I just couldn't my body would not move around I was not capable of keeping up you know with a game like tennis and it just and that spiraled off into uh, everything in my life I wasn't capable of moving into relationships <clears throat> so physically it got me first and then of course it hit me emotionally and, and mentally and spiritually was the hardest thing of all. I got further and further away from thinking that God any, had any more time for me. So it got to the point where I thought, there is no God that's listening to me anymore. It just couldn't be. I just, he's not answering me. No one is answering me. And I would just, it's just uh, one struggle after another. But through this program, I'm learning that uh, life can be joyous. It can be happy and free as long as I stay. You know, I've got to have those 
spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional freedom, I must stay in that spot no matter what. And today, my life, I'm so grateful for the life I have today. Uh, Not going back, just moving forward and staying in the present. What a gift. Thank you all for that. Thank you, OA. Thank you, all of you. And I pass. Thanks, Blanca. Okay, next up, we have Kelly, followed by Loretta. Kelly, good morning. Hey, Larry, thanks for your service. This is Kelly EYS in Tulsa, Oklahoma, recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, first, happy Valentine's Day. I love you guys. These have been great shares. Um, grateful to be a part of this group. Anyway, um, I love Bill. I've been around these rooms, you guys know forever. <laughs> and I always thought the same thing. This is a crazy story about some old guy from a long time ago. And over the years, each time I read it, which has been countless times, it's, I relate to him so much, and I love that Harlan brings that home to us. But I just think like Bill, but I feel like Bill, but I act and, and uh, eat like Bill. And now I love Bill. I love Bill so much because I am Bill. And, yes, you know, my eating assumed more serious proportions, and the consequences got worse, as we know. And I had many unhappy scenes in my home, um, in my previous marriage, and in, in my marriage today, too. And, you know, I always thought it was just about the food. And I remember the first time that um, my wife one time said to me, you act like you don't even like me. And I was like, what? I'm like, and I remember thinking about that chapter, uh, used to be Dr. Alcoholic Addict, Acceptance is the Answer. And his wife even says that to him. And I'm thinking, you know, I just thought about the food and the weight. I didn't see what I was doing to my family. And as we're reading Bill's story, this morning this, this thought popped into my head that, Bill is right here. He is living in the bedevilment, which we can do in sobriety and abstinence, right? But he's in the bedevilment these last few chapters. You know, he's having trouble with his personal relationships. He can't control his emotional natures. He's prey to misery and depression. He wasn't making a living. I mean, this is what this is about. You know, if it's like we start to realize, you know, right now he's in the consequences, and I was that the same way. I thought, well, if I could get my eating under control, if I could get my weight under control, all these consequences would go away, right? Then we find out, oh, I got my eating, so, you know, whatever, under control, lost weight, and I'm still living in all these bedevilments because this is a living problem, right? And so I am so Bill, you know? I was roaring havoc in everybody's lives, you know? I was just trying to manage and control my food, and that's not what it's about. You know, I didn't know what the problem was. Bill keeps trying to do new things and you know, go different places and try new things, and he keeps on trying to these progressives, and that was me until I realized I had a living problem and food was just my solution. And I didn't know the problem. I didn't know I lacked power, right? This book says it's a design for living. It doesn't say it's a design for weight loss or getting food under control. It's a design for living until I understood that the real problem wasn't my food. It wasn't my weight. It wasn't all these behaviors. It was my living, and I didn't have the power to change that I was going to need a new power, right? And so this regression, it sucks, right? But the disease is the great persuader, and it makes me start to see I put my food down, and then I see the real trouble, and that I need power. And today, I'm grateful that I know I need a higher power. And wrapping up with this, how do we do that? We work these steps, we get connected to God, and we find that power. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Larry. Uh, Thanks, Kelly. Okay, we have Loretta followed by Nancy, proudly representing flight attendants everywhere. 
Good morning, Loretta. <laughs> Good morning, Larry. This is Loretta H. in North Carolina, and all of you, along with my precious God and the newcomer, you are saving my life recovered for today. My drinking assumed more serious proportions. And then on page eight, and this was me at the end, no words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in the bitter morass of self-pity, quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had met my match. I was overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. It had taken me hostage. And that is, I'm in the beverage program too, but this is, I identify in so much more with the food because it really did bring me to my knees. I, in um, 2001, my dad died and I could not show up for his um, death because I was so severely into the food and my job did have a weight restriction and I was almost up to the um part to the point where I almost got fired and we didn't have the weight restriction anymore but what it had done to my mind and I was a terrible night eater and a, just a binger that could at night after his death could not stop and so with God's grace and mercy the angel came into my life in 23 I'm sorry I'm in 23 in 2001 and um it has changed my life because of the steps, because of God, because of all of you. And today I am so proud and happy Valentine's Day. It's a day of love. This program is language of the heart. You are just in my heart and you polish my hearts every day with your shares. But um, today is also my day of Lent, and uh, it's interesting. What I'm doing is I'm bringing things to the um, to the event instead of taking things away from me. So I've decided to do my morning meditation every morning now and more writing. And I'm also going through the steps again with three new fellows on my um, reboot. So I am just so excited that this Lenten season and this Valentine's Day will be projecting the love and gratitude that I have for God and all of you. And I'm just, you saved my life, and I'm so grateful. Happy day, happy destiny. No more loneliness. Thanks so much, Loretta. Okay, next up we have Nancy followed by Nadia. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, good morning. Um, uh, good morning, everybody. Nancy T. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Thank you for letting me share. So I love this paragraph. <clears throat> you know, we go from the progression, everybody's been talking about this progression. It's been moving right along. He starts out, um, it could be excused his um, his alcohol um, consumption when he was not excused, but it could be explained by being away with his comrades and finding comfort, but not excessive comfort. But then he moves right along to his law school law course where he was too drunk to think or write, and the progression um, continues more serious proportions, but not the most serious proportions. I mean, he's only, he's not even halfway through his downward slide. And, um, you know, it goes, progresses to hardly drawing a sober breath, as we all know. And, um, you know, my eating 
I can't even imagine what it was like to live with me. I mean, I didn't like living with me and my husband would have been well within his rights to leave me. It's only a testament to his, to his own integrity that he didn't do that. Um, you know, I wasn't loyal to him and, and, you know, I was thinking while we were, when, when Bill wrote this, he might not have been a philanderer, but, you know, after he got sober, his, his ego did kind of, you know, bloom a little bit. And he, he was kind of a, like, not someone that I would have wanted to be married to, let's put it that way. (laughs) But, um, you know, I was a lone wolf. I was constantly picking fights. I was constantly, you know, getting, being, feeling put upon, you know, and, if you know some people say oh it gives me shivers to go to horror movies or it gives me shivers to think about losing my my spouse or my children or or you know my job the thing that sends shivers down my back is nancy can i talk to you in my office for a minute that's what that was the precursor always to i've been hearing things about you people have been talking about you you're difficult to get along with you know you, did you say this why did you say that you know why did you do this did you do this did you say this you know, why are you doing this? Why are you saying that? And, and, you know, I would just bulldoze my way through that. And unfortunately, you know, for me, I'm pretty smart and pretty conniving. And I could always make sort of, you know, some sort of an excuse, but I was on probation. I was on, I got fired, you know, from a lot of jobs. I was impossible to work with. I was impossible to live with. And, you know, I had almost no friends. And I got to tell you, I've been in this program for quite some time. And you'd think after all that time that I know about 5 billion people and I have all these friends. And I had like four friends, four people that liked being around me, four or five or 10 or something, not as many as I could have had. And because my attitude was constantly in a row, I was constantly, leave me alone, get away from me, I just want to be by myself. And everybody in a way said, okay, no problem. And it's only a testament to their generosity and their kindness and their lovingness that when I was ready to embrace everybody, they all came rushing back. And today my life is filled, filled with joy and light. And I don't, um, I don't have any, um, there's no infidelity to my principles. You know, my poor husband would say, you know, you come into bed and I'd be like, mumble, mumble, mumble. I've got to finish this. I'm working on my computer, mumble, mumble. And then I'd wait and he'd, I'd listen, he'd brush his teeth and he'd yeah, put his contacts away. And then I'd wait 15 more minutes for the door to close for, and him to fall asleep. And then I'd go eat. And um, I don't do that anymore. And, and, and what I have, this joy, this light is for everybody, everybody. It's unlimited is more than I have, as much as you can possibly handle if you just do these steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy. Okay, next up is Nadia, and then we'll take some more uh, names. Nadia, good morning. Well, good morning, Larry. Good morning, family. It's Nadia E. from Toronto, Canada. And here I am. I'm just um, amazed at how I can relate to Bill. And what stood out for me was the word serious. And it truly is a serious disease. And it started from, I don't know, like from way back when I was little. And um, just always not fitting in, not feeling part of, and feeling sad and lonely. And, um, you know, I had some friends. I had a best friend. um, And, but I don't know, I just never really could connect. And I just felt lonely and I know I felt it was really really serious when um, I had a boyfriend um, but I just felt empty and depressed and I had written a, a letter 
and I just wanted to end my life. It was just, it was scary. It was just like um, a message to myself that this is serious. This is, you know, I need to do something. And what the something was, was comforting myself with food and more food. Um, I was either, it was, it was like a double sword being blessed with a fast metabolism. So I never really gained a lot of weight, but I just distanced myself from, from people, from life. From, and I didn't have a connection with a higher power. But um, when I fell to my knees and I came to OA, slowly, I mean, I just, that first night that I went to my first meeting, I felt like I never felt before. I came home and I wanted nothing to eat, um, which was amazing. And I just got at that night, I was like, I, I don't know what's going on, but whatever it is, it's a good thing. So, um, but now today, like my dance card is full. It is full. And my connection with my higher power is just amazing. I can't describe it. It is just so wonderful. And so I have a spiritual awakening every day. I need, I want, I crave the spiritual awakening. And I get it. And I get all these wonderful miracles and all these wonderful relationships. And I really, really feel connected. I feel connected to Bill. I'm getting, getting really emotional. I feel connected to all of you and um, so, so grateful for all your service. I'm so glad I made this call, you know. Um, yeah, so here I am. I suited up, I showed up, and I, I shut up the stupid, crazy messages in my head. I'm not good enough. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Oh, thanks, Nadia. Okay, we're on page three in Bill's story, the second paragraph. And who else would like to share? Anita J. Anita. Ken WH. Ken. Anybody else? Marcia D. Marcia. Zane W. in Chicago. Was that Zane? Zane, yes. Zane W. Okay. Let's stop with Jessica. Let's see if we can get through the five. We've got Anita, Karen, Marcia, Zane, and Jessica. If you are not Anita, just go ahead and mute. <laughs> Anita, good morning. Good morning. I am Anita, so I'm here. You are. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, I just don't know what part to even dive into because every sentence here, I, um, I, uh, progressed, shall we say, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, the whole enchilada and, um, nobody could understand what was happening because I, in terms of eating, I was a lone wolf. Wolf, that's a childhood sound. Wolf, a lone wolf. I, um, I just didn't, uh, li I like to appear like a normal in my mind. This is how a normal person eats. 
So I hid all this. Hard to, though, when you keep gaining weight. And um, that's what was happening to me. But I just, you know, it's funny. I had met my husband. I was from the Midwest. He was from uh, New York. And I thought he was going to save me. The moment I married him, that whatever was happening, keeping me from eating, began to loosen. It just, you know, on the honeymoon, my clothes got tighter. By the time we came back, we weren't even gone a week. And and that's how it, that was the outward manifestation because inside, I was so disappointed. I just was looking for a savior. I did not know, Anita, the answers within you. It took me decades, even in OA, to finally know that Bill's story has a happy ending, just like yours can have, if you will finally surrender. And, you know, that becomes that becomes later. But the progression, I don't want to forget it, because it'll come back. I mean, it's there lurking. People say that, don't they? And I don't want any more lurking around in my life in the corners. You know, let's keep everything clean and neat and um, my life and all of it so that I have something to share, which is the point, isn't it, of this program to pass it on. So I want to have something to pass on. And so I'm very grateful for a vision because that is the one that finally I heard the message, the same message, but I never quite understood it until vision. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Anita. Okay, now batting. Uh, we have Ken on deck. We have Marshall. Ken, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Ken WH, Recover Compulsive Eater from North Carolina. Um, there's a lot in it, of course, uh, a lot of paragraphs with a lot in it. Um, and I picked up on the word assumed. Um, uh, in this case, meaning that um, it's basically the my disease took control and um, was making decisions for me in all areas of my life. And um, I just couldn't make a clear decision with a fog, uh, food fog going on all the time. And... Um, so I was essentially this paragraph is about being out of control and assuming without any proof or evidence myself um, that I could control and uh, proved over and over that I couldn't. Um, others tried to help me. I didn't get into fights about it. People might make suggestions, but I just ignored and went off by myself, <clears throat> basically dismissed the help that was being uh, put right in front of me over and over and over again. God was at work in my life, and I didn't even know it. Um, but the disease uh, was working and its havoc uh, in my life and my decision-making processes. And I have to read seriously what Bill says down here about there not being any real infidelity. Well, what does real infidelity mean as opposed to unreal infidelity? 
Um, well, for me, that meant living in fantasy land, and um, and and his his reasoning for not participating in perhaps that other behavior while he was still drinking or using or in his disease are pretty feeble. Um, the fact that he <laughs> didn't philander because he was drunk is not a really good excuse for suggesting that he was being loyal. Uh, I wasn't loyal. Um, I didn't fool around. I didn't do that. Boy, I was sure distracted by a whole lot of other things um, that took time and energy and love and care and tenderness away from my wife, my relationship to my wife. So um, I've learned that this is a progressive disease. It tells me that in the book. And uh, I still have a lot of uh, progressing to do uh, in the course of my recovery to um, I'm not a saint. It says it. We're not saints, uh, but I'm I'm working in, in the right direction today because I have put the food down and it is not making decisions for me today. And I'm grateful for that. That's all I have. Thanks. Thanks, Ken. Okay, next up we have Marsha followed by Zane. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning. Thanks for being there. This is Marsha D. in Ohio. Gratefully recovered compulsive overeater today by God's grace and grace only. Um, yeah, you know, for a long time I would just bristle when we got into Bill's story. I'm like, oh, I do not relate to this. And I think in part that was left over from having been raised by an alcoholic father who, of course, I didn't want to relate to on any level. But the truth is um, he got into recovery when I was in high school and never drank again. And I, that's when my eating disorder really picked up and took off and initially it was a lot of restricting and then it became compulsive overeating so yeah as, as they talk here serious proportions i mean i've been places with food that no sane person should ever go with food and as um has been shared with me many times through sponsoring um being sponsored that is um you know my my thinking was the main problem and it manifested, of course, in a lot of ways, including the overeating. So, yeah, sad to see him faltering here, and yet that's exactly, you know, what's happened to me with the disease, um, coming to my knees with God and realizing, you know, I got nothing if, if without him. And so just grateful to know that through the steps, you know, I can I can be sane today and, um as some of the people on the line share, you know, I'm, I'm alive today. And quite honestly, that's where the disease was taking me. It was it was killing me. I was very close to death with this disease. And if you looked at me, okay, yeah, I'm 50 pounds overweight. It was killing me mentally. And, um, of course, physically taking a toll, too. So just, yeah, grateful to be able to relate to this passage today and to realize and recoil from it as if from a hot flame, just to recoil from the idea of of going back out, you know, the the fantasy of what I thought it brought me. Today, I know it's just really, it brings me death. I don't want it. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Marsha. Okay, let's go to my favorite city. Hey, Zane, good morning. How are you? Hi, good morning. This is Zane, compulsive reader here in Chicago. Hey, Larry. And yeah, thank you, everybody. 
um, really relate to the reading and all the shares. Uh, and yeah, I mean, shared a few weeks ago, I, I really hit a bottom, um, after leaving LA for several years and I, my eating assumed continuous, you know, proportions, more serious proportions. I was, I was constantly overeating throughout the day, either kind of grazing throughout the day or just every meal was just way bigger than it needed to be. So just like permanently loaded and, uh, and at night often, you know, late night, someone talked about being a night eater very much relate to that. And it, it led to some, uh, some serious physical consequences. Um, definitely affected my relationships too. And I shared about it, but yeah, just, I mean, it, a few weeks ago I was just vomiting, you know, at 11 PM just from just, just from this disease, I'm just eating too much and something may have been bad with the food, but what was really bad was, was within me and, and this active addiction. And, um, so I just wanted to report that, uh, you know, I found a sponsor through vision still, you know, just praying one day at a time to take direction, you know, and try to be a newcomer as he suggested to me, you know, because it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter what happened before whether I was absent or not, because I I stopped doing it. So I just have to start over and um, really appreciate the help, even though, and I'm just trying to just like be able and listen, Um, you know, as we went through red light, yellow light, green light food last night, and I I noticed resistance and he asked, well, do you want to stop? Do you want to go to any lengths? And, you know, I'm just trying to go by my actions because I'm not, you know, I, the disease still has its claws in me. So of course, mentally I have some resistance, but just try to just say yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So now I'm, I'm getting ready to, uh, surrender to a new, you know, I've got a new, um, suggested food plan, which is a blessing. And, and I just, that's helpful because then at least I know what a drink is and, and how not to take it, you know? And, uh, going into the journey of, you know, more intentional meal planning and surrendering to that and just trying to take it a day at a time. And I really appreciate this meeting this morning. And if there's anybody who wants to do outreach, especially men, I definitely appreciate it. Um, I'm in, I'm in there as Zane W, I think in Arizona, I'm going to change it because I'm now in Chicago, but I think I'm the only Zane W. So anybody who can reach out, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, thanks Zane. Jessica, I saw you in L.A. at the birthday party, but I was too starstruck to, to come and bother you. Good morning. How are you, Jessica? Yeah, good morning. Yeah, yeah I'm Jessica from Ohio. Um, grateful to be here and um, really glad that I found this program. Um, you know, I thought that my eating was just normal, you know, and, you know, I one of the warnings that I didn't adhere to, I know this is not the paragraph that we're working on, but um, my, I'm not going to say which side of the family it is, so I'm just going to try to keep that confidential. But on one side of the family that I have, you know, I have people that who are morbidly obese. And I thought that was normal, you know. But what wasn't normal for me was when I started to high stuff. You know, I started to, every time I would go to um, high school, you know, I would 
basically be thinking um, that, you know, the, the junk food that was in the vending machine would give me, you know, make me more intelligent. But then what happened was that I would consume those food and then I would close my book and I would say, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. But it seems like my binges became more bigger the more that I um, stayed in school. And it didn't matter if it was an easy class or a hard class. So, and then, so later, you know, I'm, um, after, you know, my kids were born, it was like I was just literally binging. And because the fact that the kitchen was basically like five feet from the dining room, you know, or five feet from the bedroom because we lived in a very small apartment. And of course, you know, my um, um, my uh, daughter's father, you know, he decided, you know, I would basically stuff it up. You know, I'm basically consuming things like rapidly. And all of a sudden, it's like it became necessary for me to live. And then I come into this program, and, you know, I'm hearing people, you know, have the same story. You know, it's not normal for me to stuff my face to death. It's not normal to be 150 pounds overweight over my um, ideal weight. And, you know, it's not normal for me to be walking up a flight of stairs gasping from birth, and I have all these, you know, thoughts in my head that says, you know, not, yes, it is normal because if I'm stuck at home with the kids and I, I can't, you know, go around the neighborhood and exercise at all, guess what? That's not normal. It's not normal to, um, it's just, it just, it just isn't. So I, and to me it was a necessary. And it got me to the point where I wanted to commit suicide because all I could do was, you know, do Netflix and then eat. That's all it was. I mean, I even wrote off my, um, not wrote off my family, but my family would say, hey, Jessica, let's do this. Let's do that. I said, no, I don't want to do it. Just leave me alone. And, and, and the nicest way I could say was, you know, I had this and I had bigger plans, but my bigger plans were basically eating to death. So... I'm just going to wrap it up. I'm just going to say, if you sound like any of us on the line, please, please find a, please find a sponsor. Please make an outreach call. It is not normal to um, stuff your face all day long. And if you are binging on this call, just please just stay on the line and stay here. Uh, thanks, Jessica. <clears throat> So that's that's going to wrap it up this morning. Thanks, uh, thanks to everyone who uh, participated in this uh, in this uh, meeting this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study that immediately is going to follow closing. Let me give you the share ID for the the meeting this morning. That number is twenty one thousand one hundred thirty one. That's two one one three one. So we're we are now going to. Close with a reading from the big book on page 164. We're going to follow that if you care to join us in the serenity prayer. So, Maura Z, will you, uh, will you read that for us? With honor and pleasure. Thank you, Larry, for your service. Maura Z recovered gratefully in Virginia this morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you 